Welcome to WTBU News Today, I'm Jenny Cornrush. Boston has been a bit chilly, but beautifully sunny lately. Temperatures for Monday are expected to reach a high of 37, with the rest of the week looking unseasonably gorgeous, hitting a high of 61 degrees on Thursday and Friday, and staying in the mid-40s over next weekend. Now we'll move on to Boston University's COVID-19 dashboard update. On Saturday, March 6th, five members of the Boston University community tested positive for COVID-19. For the week of February 28th to March 6th, 0.121% of tested students were deemed positive for the coronavirus, with 0.16% of tested faculty and 0.13% of tested staff also receiving positive test results. On average, BU's lab took 17.6 hours to process each test, 81 students are currently in isolation, and 1,051 students have recovered from the disease. Here's Varsha Subramanian now with your weekly campus calendar report. On Monday, Boston University's Center for Psychiatric Rehabilitation is hosting a virtual meeting called This is My Brave College Edition where young adults from the Boston area will be sharing their stories of recovery and healing. For more information, visit thisismybrave.org slash events. On Tuesday, Innovate at BU is hosting the first round of the new venture competition, where entrepreneurs at BU will be pitching their ideas in two minutes, and students can later vote for their favorite idea. This event is from 6 p.m. to 8.45 p.m. For more information, email azabel at bu.edu. From Wednesday to Friday, the 2021 MFA Sculpture Exhibition will be open to all Boston University students, faculty, and staff. The event will be from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. at Stone Gallery on 855th Commonwealth Ave. In Dubai, UAE, I'm Varsha Subramanian for WTBU News. Joining us now is Alex Corey. A teen from Natick died in a car crash Saturday night in Canton, according to police. The 17-year-old driving a 2012 Jeep Wrangler with four passengers inside crossed three lanes of traffic attempting to take exit 2B on Route 93 southbound, Massachusetts State Police said. He had a 2011 Toyota Corolla driven by a 28-year-old woman. The Jeep rolled over across the ramp and into an infield, while the Corolla was pushed into the woods, according to authorities. Police responded to the crash at approximately 10.30 p.m. Saturday night. The Natick boy was sitting in the back seat of the car and he was ejected from the vehicle during the crash. He was taken to Good Samaritan Hospital in Brockton, where he was pronounced dead. His name is not being released due to the fact he is a juvenile. The three other passengers and the driver were taken to nearby hospitals to be treated for their injuries, which were described by police as non-life-threatening. The crash remains under police investigation. In Boston, Mass., I'm Alex Corey for WTBU News. And now we'll head over to Stephanie Joseph for a story about President Biden's changes to voting access. President Biden signed an executive order Sunday that will expand voting access. The executive order asked federal agencies to submit plans to increase voter registration and participation to the White House and help states with their registration efforts. Biden also asked the General Services Administration to update Vote.gov and for the Office of Personnel Management to make recommendations about federal workers receiving leave to vote, among other changes. Biden's action will counteract the restrictive voting efforts made by GOP lawmakers as they approach 2022 midterm elections.
According to the NYU Brennan Center for Justice, state legislators in 43 states have introduced more than 250 bills that would reduce voting access. Three days before Biden's executive action, the House passed an election reform bill that would expand early and mail-in voting, give former felons the right to vote, and ensure same-day voter registration. The fate of the bill now lies in the hands of the Senate, where Democrats are unlikely to garner the extra 10 votes needed from Republicans for the bill to pass. Biden's action also came on the 56th anniversary of Bloody Sunday, a day in which black protesters were attacked by police officers as they crossed the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma, Alabama to fight for their right to vote. In Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Stephanie Joseph for WTBU News. Next, a story about the AstraZeneca vaccine from Taylor Coaster. Austrian health officials suspended the use of a batch of the AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine as a precaution while an investigation into the death of one person and illness of another is underway. A 49-year-old woman died as a result from severe coagulation disorders, while a 35-year-old woman is recovering from a pulmonary embolism, an acute lung disease caused by a dislodged blood clot, both of which received the AstraZeneca vaccine. The batch of inoculations were reported to have been from the District Clinic of Zwedel, where both women worked as nurses. The investigation has so far not revealed any evidence of a causal relationship with the vaccination and blood clotting, according to the Federal Office for Safety and Healthcare, or BASG. However, as a precautionary measure, the remaining doses in the batch will no longer be issued or vaccinated. The AstraZeneca vaccine has been approved in over 50 countries and was listed for emergency use by the World Health Organization in mid-February. Finally, we'll go back to Varsha Subramanian for an update out of Switzerland. Switzerland's voters narrowly approved a proposal to ban facial coverings, including the burqa and hijab, worn by Muslim women in public during a binding referendum on Sunday. Official results showed that 51.2% of voters supported the ban. The referendum was proposed by Switzerland's right-wing Swiss People's Party, SVP, and although the proposal did not mention Islam directly, it has been called the burqa ban by the media and politicians. The SVP coined slogans like Stop Extremism and Stop Radical Islam for their campaign. The chairman of the referendum committee, Walter Wobman, said that the facial covering is unusual in Switzerland and is a sign of extremist behaviour. Switzerland is not the first country in Europe to move towards its decision. France banned full-face veils completely in 2011, and Austria, Bulgaria, Netherlands, and Denmark have partial bans on face coverings. In Dubai, UAE, I'm Varsha Subramanian for WTBU News. That's it for this edition of WTBU News Today. Be sure to tune in to our full program every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern over on WTBU Radio. On behalf of Gabriela Lopez, Megan Gregoire, Alex Corey, Varsha Subramanian, and Evan Jimenez, I'm Jenny Kornreich reporting from Boston for WTBU News.